now we can talk. <laughs> you know, that's how they do it on reality shows, right? They're on ice. Nobody can speak until the camera rolls. Yeah, it's all reality, isn't it? <laughs> it's, all, it's all reality. Hey, this is Lawrence Lewis. And this is Sister Christian. Today is Thursday, July 9th, 2020. This is the Producers Happy Hour, a weekly podcast with two producers on opposite coasts. My friend Christian's in New York City. I'm in Los Angeles, and we are exploring what it means to be a good producer, especially as we're coming out of a global shutdown. And we try to figure out how to get the film industry back to work safely while still navigating the coronavirus. Are we really coming out of a <laughs> shutdown? <laughs> we're coming out of a shutdown. Yeah. We're not coming out of a pandemic. Yeah, we find ourselves being asked to take on greater responsibilities from a variety of guidelines created by multiple sources, including now each state entity, our county entities. I mean, we're inundated with everything. Now more than ever, it's important for us to keep sharing our experiences and our ideas. Yes, and we want to hear from you, especially if you've been on a shoot recently and want to hear about how... Everyone's keeping the crew safe on your set. So email us, or better yet, record a one- to two-minute voice memo and send it to producershappyhour at gmail.com. Just follow the instructions on our website, producershappyhour.com. And please share this show with your friends, colleagues, family, your neighbors, your boss. <laughs> we want these stories <laughs> to be heard. They're human, and we're all human. We are all human. And speaking of, Christian, how are you doing as a human? Um... You should go first. How are you doing, Lawrence? <laughs> mine's going to take a minute. <laughs> well, mine's not going to take a minute because I have no idea. Mm -hmm. I really don't know where I'm at. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, we spent a lot of the shows, especially in the beginning of quarantine, talking about how we're, we were feeling because it mm -hmm. was such an emotional journey. And, uh, you know, I kind of thought we got through all of that. <laughs> and we, now we're just dealing with logistics and and all the other stuff that's happening in our world. But I'm feeling like this second wave of kind of depression or I don't want to say I'm depressed because I'm not. I'm just stagnant, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not bored. I have plenty to do, but I'm, I just, uh, I don't know. Stagnant's a good, stagnant's, I think, a good word for it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, a lot of people say lack of motivation or I'm just not motivated. I, mm -hmm. You know, I don't even really believe in motivation. I don't think it exists. Right. You just have to be regimented and you have to do the shit you got to do and get stuff done and just have that drive. Mm -hmm. It's not something you sit around and wait for. So I don't like to talk about motivation like that. Right. But stagnation, I think, is kind of where I'm at. I How mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> see how, how I you? turn the tables. Yes, you did. Um, <clears throat> I agree because you know I think that our first reaction was to research how are we going to do this. You know, let's talk to everybody we possibly can, and feeling that I was somewhat prepared mm -hmm. to enter back into the world of work, I accepted a job. With a lot of caveats. I was not going to yes. take one from a company I didn't know. I was going mm -hmm. to take one from a trusted company, but also they had to listen to me because I have been doing the research. <laughs> and I know um, what I'm willing to do and not willing to do. And I know I'm willing to walk off too if safety you know, is a thing. And yeah. what I've come to realize over the last few days is there was no... Nothing could have ever prepared for how hard this is. 
I've been yeah. doing this for a very long time, 22 years, and I consider myself a very good producer. You know, suspect on whether that's true, but I, it's what I consider myself. <laughs> and I am having to relearn and rethink every single aspect of this job and remind people, and I have to know enough about each department to remind each individual what they have to rethink about their own job, coach them through mm -hmm. it. And every conversation, it takes twice as long to do. You have to make sure that everybody is thinking, you know, all this, the silly things that we talked about, about, well, stores are closed. You can't just run out. Or like, it turns out that sub-rental of equipment takes three days in advance. And that's because not all the equipment houses are open. The majority uh, of the people are yeah. on call. So then you call that vendor. That person's on call. Well, I can get somebody in tomorrow morning by 930. They have to disinfect it. It can't be picked up. You know, they, mm -hmm. that's per each piece of equipment is that. Yeah. Then, I mean, and that's just equipment. I mean, then you have to look through all the state mandated laws on how to get film production back to work and who needs to be mm -hmm. tested. Then you have to talk to those people about can they get tested. It is overwhelming the amount of work that this is taking. And you're so overwhelmed by it. And I, again, consider myself really good at my job and I cannot keep up. Yeah, I... Yeah. And I've been hearing through the grapevine and multiple people have said it that this is the biggest job that they've heard about in New York to date. Wow. The one you're working yeah. on. And it's not big, everyone mm -hmm. out there. <laughs> it's not big at all. <laughs> Don't call, compared Don't to call what me. we used to. Yeah. Well, compared to right. what we were used to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is huge now. So I have a cap on manpower. So mm -hmm. every conversation is a long drawn out process of troubleshooting and something that that person says may negate the entire long conversation you just had about art department prior. With so you're kind of chasing your tail. And so what I realized today too, so we, we can interview me today, P.S. So what okay, I, great. Yeah. so Lawrence, that's just a little hint of it. And I have so much more to say. And I'm only, you know, so deep in it. But how am I doing? I'm realizing that it's not based on how good I was at my job or am at my job. It's actually really mm -hmm. based on allowing yourself to know that everybody is reteaching themselves right now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that, so that's how are really you important. And I think, <laughs> I think, <laughs> I just mean like, shit, I know what you're doing right now. I get that too. Like trying to think about yeah. all of that scenarios just to do a bid is even more, you know, crazy. Putting it to practice is, yeah. is uh, go on, please. <laughs> yeah, I can't even imagine where you're at. And I don't envy you. I, I'm sure if a job fell in my lap tomorrow, I'd step up to the opportunity. But you're not actively seeking, job. right? Yeah. I'm not really actively seeking, mm -hmm. which is preposterous because preposterous. I should be. <laughs> I know. It, well, <laughs> it goes against every I mean, freelance grain in our body, doesn't it? It goes against everything in my body, but it's challenging, just like you're saying, being open to understanding that everybody is reteaching themselves what they do for a living. And that's a frightening prospect. Like, oh, yeah. This is our careers, uh -huh. right? And now we have to relearn our careers in a new way. Not that it's unsurmountable. It's a little daunting, N though. <laughs> it's daunting. It is. Mm -hmm. And when the entire crew's safety and health and well-being is in your hands, 
that's a big responsibility. Yeah. So, and you know, I know sometimes we sound negative on this show, but we just want to do it right. Honesty. We don't want to get people mm-hmm. sick. We want to be honest. We want to be, you know, this is more important than it ever has been. Well, safety is not more important now, but it's now compounded with health. Right. And life and death situations. And not everybody understands that it's life and death. So yeah, having to yeah. have those conversations are great as well. <laughs> yeah. Politics aside. Politics aside, I do want to keep reiterating, though, because I do want to try and dismantle the fear out of this. Oh, yes, please, right? please. There's of so course. much fear. The death rates are dropping. Yeah, of course. Yes. And mm-hmm. there was a study that I, I listened to on The Beast a scientist mm-hmm. they were speaking to where something that normally happens with these kind of viruses mm-hmm. is that they mutate all the time. It has mutated. Mm-hmm. Typically what tends to happen is it will start to mutate into a different strain that is way more contagious, way less deadly, and way less symptomatic. And that's how it lives, right? Mm-hmm. It makes itself just spread more easily. They don't know if that's where we're at. They are hoping that's where right. we're at. Mm-hmm. That's where they think we're going. Yeah. That's where they think we're going. And mm-hmm. then it just turns into something like the flu. Yeah. And so, right? and then all the flu that people we just were right. Live with. <laughs> and then all the flu people were right. But, you know, caution be damned. What? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we didn't know what it was mm-hmm. in those early years. And we had mm-hmm. to figure, we had to like, hey guys. And I just wish, I was daydreaming, how could this have gone better? And I just wish the CDC or WHO could just say, guys, we don't know what this thing is. It might be extremely deadly. Mm-hmm. Stay inside while we figure it out. We'll come back to you with some news. Right. And then when things were kind of figured out, it's like, okay, guys, everyone can go back out, do what they need to do. But please, for the love of God, wear a mask. I mean, how refreshing would that be? <laughs> I mean, seriously, you know, I think we would be in a much less disastrous situation with the state of society in society. our country mm-hmm. and the state with everyone's well-being if we made a fun little campaign where it's like if, wear a mask yeah exactly <laughs> e- exactly but you know hey designing our own utopia right um, right here on producers happy hour yeah, I, I mean yes 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 but it also uh it's society in general there's people who care people who don't care and the loudest voices are the ones that are heard And a lot of times those voices are also the most, you know, radical views. I'm not trying to ignore the fact that deaths are happening, right? Of course. And I know when it's one loved one's person that's dying and I'm sitting Mm -hmm. here saying, it's Mm -hmm. not deadly. No, no, no. Mm -hmm. It is deadly. People are dying. I know three people whose mothers or fathers have died. Mm -hmm. I just, I want to get over the fear part of this because... I agree with that. There's got to be a way to do this. But I'm going to push back just slightly and say that Arizona and Florida, especially Miami, there's still places that are ICU beds are full. So, yes, you're right. Death may not be a thing, but, you know, the medical implications of what it does to your body forever. Some of us, yes. Some of us, no. But, I mean, there still should be a little bit of... There should be enough fear for you to put on a damn mask. Yeah, yeah, that, exactly, exactly. Is that you, where you're you going? <laughs> I mean, it's not where I'm going, but you're know, saying you're saying it you're saying it more eloquently than I am. Stop it. I'm really focused on the numbers of LA City and LA County. Yes. Death rates are going down. Hospital yes. rates are going up. We still have plenty of capacity, but yes, there are other states where the capacity is dwindling and it's getting scary. And that is not good. Yeah, wash your damn hands. That is not good. Wash your damn hands, put on a damn mask, and 
maybe it's my own fear that's coming back that I'm retaliating against. But, you know, the other thing they said in this episode of The Daily was we keep talking about a vaccine at the end of the year. Oh, yeah, it, really could, it, it could be four, five, six, seven years. So we're going to have to live with this thing. And that's why I'm trying to get over the fear of it. Yes, it's still deadly. And yes, if it clogs up the hospitals, that's a major problem. But we just might have to figure out how to live with this for the next four or five years. Well, no, your own fear is very valid. Yeah. I don't know. I'm going through something, Christian. I just, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know what it is. But know that we're all going through it. And I think we were told something for so long. And now we're trying to rethink the, what we were told because it's changing mm-hmm. and morphing. So we're just trying to catch up to the virus and how it's acting is how I think yes. what's going on right now. Yep. Mm-hmm. And in the midst of it, we have to rethink how we execute our jobs. So let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. I, there's a lot of questions going on the Facebook production groups about testing oh, yeah. and mm-hmm. what people are doing for set mm-hmm. testing. Yes. One thing that I want to put out there that a friend of mine mentioned, I didn't even really think about it. And maybe we talked about it on an episode. I can't remember. But there is a, such a thing. You know, we talk about testing on set and taking people's temperatures. Mm-hmm. There is a thing called the HIPAA Act. There is medical mm-hmm. privacy that we have to mm-hmm. think about. Mm-hmm. So if we're asking somebody to take a medical test to qualify for a job mm-hmm. is also illegal. Mm-hmm. Even if we took somebody's temperature on set, that's covered under HIPAA. Mm-hmm. So, and how we record that information. Mm-hmm. So, you, so I you have, have ideas insights? about that. Do you want me to discuss them now? I do. Okay, cool. Let's, do, so let's, let's here's, dive in. Here's the thing. You are correct with all of that, but it's mandatory in New York to ask certain departments like hair and makeup mm-hmm. to get mm-hmm. a test before they come to set. They have to test negative before they come. So and that is a law. by the state. The state of New York. Mm -hmm. That's a law. Yep. And so I had a conversation with the company and their HR department and explained that to them and then said that we, in order to make sure that the individual will do it, we need to pay them for their time. Oh, I'm not going to ask for proof of their medical records. So I have to dive deeper into that. And I actually have another HR call this afternoon and can report back. But where are they going to come in with a PDF of, you know, their test results? I've doctored. (laughs) Don't tell anyone, guys, but I've doctored a few (laughs) PDFs in my life. Uh, Seriously. right? And so how do I make sure that they've complied? And part of it is you can't really ask for people I think we covered this in the last show. You can't ask for people to not go to, let's say, a big white trash lake party because it's on their own time. You're not paying for that time. And so I can ask an individual to get tested in advance of the shoot day. And I also can tell them that I can't hire them unless they have been tested. But what I Mm -hmm. have to also do is pay them. That makes sense. Yeah. Have you thought much about recording temperatures on set? There's a couple of ways to do this. And it's like, I hire a medic and I ask them Mm -hmm. to do it and they pre-screen and then with the questions and then, but where does that information go from HIPAA laws? Am I like, do we discard it after 14 days when we realize nobody's sick? Like, I don't fucking know. I'm not a healthcare professional, as we've said a couple (laughs) of times. So what I'm doing now is I have three different interviews with three different 
medic companies. So there's a couple mm. out there that supply medics to live events, and they all have COVID procedures. So oh. the next thing I'm going to do is hire a company, a third party that the company I work for signs a big long contract with. Mm-hmm. And that company follows any HIPAA laws that they need to. And they also maintain the medical records. They don't send them to me. And they do everything mm. properly. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah. That makes sense. That's similar to, you know, I do a lot of experiential work. And, uh-huh. and sometimes there's contests involved. And we receive people's personally identifiable information. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. And there are companies that are kind of clearing houses for that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So production ever receives an email address or a name it goes to this party that's secure and has protocols for how to protect that information mm-hmm. and just acts as the liaison between us and the contest winner mm-hmm. so i guess that's kind of similar yeah by hiring one of these companies they protect the information they know hipaa they're under hipaa compliance and mm-hmm. and they they facilitate what we need to do to keep our safe set so here's another one for you this is in the film guidelines so say you enter a business That business has to record who you are in case somebody that day, they contact trace somebody Mm -hmm, to that mm -hmm. business for that day. We know everybody who's gone in and out of that business so that those people can be contact traced in the future. Thank goodness I am filming at a stage because the stage, they have an intake program. They take your call sheet. They email everybody. Everybody has to go and sign up for it. They all Mm -hmm. get assigned a QR code. And then that QR code, you need to scan in and out every time you go in and out of the business. Interesting. Yes. And they have to keep that record and record it. So easy peasy, right? Mm -hmm. What if I was Mm -hmm. doing it on a location? What if I'm filming in somebody's house? And I understand the house isn't a business, but am I a business? So there's a lot of things to suss out here. I'd love to hear if somebody has looked into this or not. That's another layer in addition to whatever medical things that need to happen. So Uh, delivery drop-offs. I know. It's just, it's a big thing. Yeah, that is a big thing. So I've also hired a COVID compliance officer for this job. Mm -hmm. and. He's great. His company is great so far. And I'll, you know, maybe we can get him on the show and we can talk about it. That said, we're going to learn a lot together on this because, again, this seems to be the largest shoot that's going to happen in New York. So <laughs> I heard about a very large shoot out here in Los Angeles. I'm not going to say anything about it. But you it may got have shut texted somebody about it. I may have texted somebody about it. It got shut down because somebody clocked in at 100 degrees temperature on day one. Holy smokes. On a very large shoot. Yeah, you haven't spoken about this yet. I can't say anything more. Please don't. But they shut the shoot down for the day. Holy smokes. What? I mean, of course they should, but, you know, there's a few things that I've heard from a couple of different people where it's like, okay, say in New York, you're right. So right now it's disgusting outside. It's humid and everything. Ride your bike to set. Because you don't want to get on public transit, right? Then, like, how long do you wait before the medic takes your temperature? Yeah, cool-off period. Is there, like, how early do you have to get there in order to cool <laughs> your body off in this disgusting weather right now? In order for you to, you know, be... Because technically you should not come in the building until yeah. you've been screened. And what if I'm, you know, ovulating? Like, I know I've said it before, but, like, there's many things that can yeah, affect Yeah, if you're if you're ovulating, you're going to have, you're going to, yeah, exactly. Menopause, you know, like, God forbid. <laughs> and, you know, I doubt they're going to shut down film shooting again. I doubt they're going to pull permits again just because. Coming like, down from Molly. No, I'm kidding. There'd be. <laughs> <laughs> what well, is why, it, why is everyone morning? sweating? <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> but the point is, is that anything could rocket your temperature. The simple fact is, whether it's a temperature that shuts down a day, fear of the headlines that mm-hmm. shuts down a shoot day, mm-hmm. the jockeying for when do we shoot this, where do we shoot this, mm-hmm. all of this is unsustainable. We can't live at this heightened level of fear about no. every single thing because, folks, guess who gets asked the questions? Oh, yeah. We do. Little old Lawrence from Cerritos. <laughs> <laughs> I have an EP Little. about a job in fucking, I know. <laughs> I like it because you got a bandana around your neck today, so it's very much little old Lawrence. <laughs> it is. I probably have a picture of me at six with a bandana yeah. around my neck. <sighs> Since we were talking, Christian, I found on the hhs.gov website, there is mm-hmm. a page specifically about HIPAA compliance and COVID-19. I texted it to you. I'm going to put it in the show notes because there's a lot of links on here. And in fact, there is a there are some bulletins, but there's also a webinar on here mm. as well. So, yeah. you know, I'm going to put in the show notes. So if anybody wants to check it out, it's just called HIPAA and COVID-19 on the hhs.gov website. You know what I'm nervous about? What are you nervous about? I'm nervous about this. You know, so first of all, we've spoken about my memory on this show, and it's not the best, but... Um, talking about what? M- my memory. Oh, yes. And Sorry, so, I couldn't remember. I know. <laughs> I'm nervous about putting in the amount of time that it takes and actually dedicating my brain space to this and it changing in a week or two as well. Oh, it's going to change. Yeah, yeah. and so I, I feel like I can now pinpoint once we started like easing off of the daily shows. It's just there's only so much like information and scenarioing we can do. Now we have to take all this stuff and put it into practice. So talking yeah. about it every day was becoming almost like... We just can't anymore because there aren't answers and all we're doing is talking. Nobody has a fucking answer. We're going in circles. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And so we've always adopted the idea of hiring professionals who are keys and then trusting those keys to do their job so that I don't have to know every single thing about what the key does. I trust that they do. That's another scary part about all of this. And I think it's where my overwhelming you know, comes in like, I can't know everything. I can't. But I need to have those people out there who are. That's why we need a COVID compliance officer. One of the first learnings I had when I was in school, little Lawrence from Cerritos, learning about filmmaking, somebody in some book, some big filmmaker in some book said, surround yourself with experts. Surround yourself with people that are smarter than you. Mm -hmm. That's how you become a great producer, a great director. Surround yourself with people who are studied in these very specific fields. And that's what we have to do. That's what we have to do. I mean, I'm not trying to shirk responsibility or say I'm not going to busy myself with learning something. It's pretty overwhelming. It is. It is. So, ladies and gentlemen, in case you haven't noticed, we don't have a guest today. Our guest today is my co-host, Sister Christian, <laughs> who has yeah. been doing all, all, all of this pressure. research. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's there's plenty to cover. I want to start again and say something that's pretty important, Lawrence. So, I guess I'm feeling quite inadequate, definitely overwhelmed. Yeah. It's just today... I had to have what I feel is a very vulnerable conversation with the people who employ me mm-hmm. because the amount of work I could turn out prior to this was like... You've moved mountains. And, and in all 
fairness, uh, I can't, I don't, I get, I can't. There's this way it's overwhelming. And so I think that it's really important to begin those conversations with a company who's hiring you in advance and explaining to them how much work it's going to be, or else mm-hmm. you're going to find yourself overwhelmed with people's safety on your shoulders as well. Yeah. And it yeah. was a very hard conversation to have because I've never really, I, I'm not allowed to admit that I don't know something and I'm not allowed to admit that I can't handle something. I've never done it before. And this morning I actually had to say that I did not realize it was going to be as hard as it is. Right. And they immediately responded with kindness That's and good. with um, help. And I'm still mortified that I had to do it. And it's my problem. Yeah, but I mean, it's honesty, Christian, right? We're no value to anybody if we're not honest in what's achievable, what's not achievable, Mm -hmm. and where more support is needed. Right. Whether you believe in the virus, you think it's a total hoax, that's irrelevant because these are the regulations that we have to abide by. Now there's mandated state regulations that have to be done. And so, yeah, I mean... Whether I believe it or not, I have to do it. Exactly. So you can sit there and complain about wearing a mask and, you know, say, we just get back to work. We're fine. That's great. You think that. But there now are guidelines, regulations and laws that we have to follow Mm -hmm. in order to make the work happen. Mm -hmm. And it's a lot to learn. Mm -hmm. And us freelance producers are put in an awkward position. Now, there are a lot of companies that have done the work for us. Mm -hmm. They've done the work. They've talked to their lawyers, they've talked to their insurance providers, and they have a plan in place, and that's great. There are a lot of companies out there that haven't and are expecting line producers like you and me, mm-hmm. freelance, to figure it out for them. And that's where it gets overwhelming and, and stressful. So I'm sorry you're going through that. Again, we're not doctors, we're not lawyers, we're not insurance providers. We have to be able to step up and say, hey, this is not uh, something I can handle Here's a big chunk of the pie that needs to be figured out by experts in those in those realms. Yes. This all points to a little piece of news that I want to get to. In the publication called TheRap.com, mm-hmm. uh, there is an article called Inside Hollywood Struggle to Resume Production, Testing, Budgets, and Quarantine Rules. What an eye-catching article title. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it just points to, I only bring it up because it points to everything that we talked about in the first segment. These are all very big issues that need to be figured out. And it says, for a big-budget studio film, COVID testing and safety could increase a budget by 15 to 20%. And that was said by producer Mm -hmm. Sean McGillivray. You know, there's nothing really groundbreaking in this article, but it's worth the read. It talks about a lot of plans to resume filming, and a lot of pre-production has begun, and a lot of projects are moving forward. But now a lot of those plans are taking into account the rising infection rates, Places like California and Georgia mm-hmm. that, you know, they're kind of hesitating on starting things up. Now, I do know that RuPaul Drag Race, they shoot at Delfino and somebody said someone's loading in and I do know that they were prepping. So right. I think that is loading in and kind of getting ready to start going. But the article points out that there are two important matters productions need to keep aware of, and that's mm-hmm. local safety requirements, mm-hmm. which we spoke about you're in a tri-state area, every state's got different mandates, and testing availability. Each city and state has its own guidelines on COVID safety during filming, and major hubs like Canada and New York are currently not allowing out-of-state crews to enter without a mandatory two-week quarantine. Mm -hmm. 
So that complicates everything, obviously, as we've been discussing. You know what I've been doing? I've been putting together, I haven't told you this, I've been putting together a state-by-state guideline of just a little blurb of every state. I'm going to put it out. have, you? I have. I'm going to put it out. I want to check and make sure some things are current, but I want to put it out. I'll post it to the Facebook group, the Producers Happy Hour Facebook group, maybe tomorrow. Yes, everyone go follow that, too. It's a very good source. Yeah, I hear. I, everyone says. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I am there every day. So, Well, no, I think that it's very important to understand your local because I know that we've talked about this before, but county shopping for production mm-hmm. regulations in you know California is definitely a thing because Orange County and L.A. County are two completely different entities. Yeah. And they have totally. completely different guidelines, too. Mm-hmm. And it's really politically based. So Yeah, it is. Yep. Unfortunately. So should we move on to Miss Halle Berry? Yeah. So I saw the Facebook post. Mm-hmm. Well, here's where we are now. Yeah, this is where we are now. This is where yeah. we are now. So this thank is. you for putting yeah. it out there, whoever posted that little blur. Yeah. Yeah. So what Kirsten's referring to is in one of the Facebook groups, I don't know if it was a voiceover or production one, but somebody said, well, here we are now. Halle Berry apologized for considering a role as a transgendered man. Okay, then. Yeah. And that, of course, lit off a storm of responses. One was mine. But um, (laughs) yeah, it's called inclusion and it's called representation. Yeah. And, uh, and for her to understand and recognize and apologize mm-hmm. and, and to recognize that she made a mistake. I know she was just considering it. it's not like she did it. I know. Nope. But yep. but she's recognizing that even yep. considering it is not okay. Yes. I think is huge. And I think it's a good example. In her speaking about the role mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. speaking about the project, she misgendered the character she was hired to play. Right. <laughs> she was describing a character who transitioned and calling it a female story. She was using pronouns like woman, she, and her. And that was incorrect for the role she was playing. So mm-hmm. that exposed her lack of understanding. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, fine, she hasn't studied yet. She hasn't gone through the work yet because she hasn't taken on the role. But it's a good question about, okay, well, can an actor act like anybody? Yes. But there's the question of representation. Yes. And if you're trying to tell this story of a transgendered person, Mm -hmm. can you really speak honestly to that story? Or can you not Mm -hmm. open it up to somebody who can speak honestly to that story and has that vocabulary and life experience to bring to the role? Now, sure, Matt Damon's not a farmer, but he can probably play one. A white farmer, everyone. A white farmer. (laughs) But I think this points more to, you know, back in the day, acting Mm -hmm. wasn't a woman's job. Oh, Female parts were played by men in dresses and wigs. Exactly. There are transgendered actors out there. Mm -hmm. And there was one person that responded to this Facebook post saying, where are these amazing transgendered actors that can draw like Halle Berry can draw at the box office? Let me know because I'm a casting director. And I don't know them. And so that's I responded. A little, um, that's a little tone deaf, but please it's tell a little, me how you It's t- very tone deaf. <laughs> well, I told them, this is your job to go out there and find them. Right. This is your job, casting director man. It's way more than tone deaf. It's actually exclaiming that your job is too hard to do and you cannot evolve with current thinking. And why would you ever even consider it? 
if I was a casting director, I'd be out scouting because this is coming. Yeah, exactly. And I understand that casting directors have, you know, people reaching out to them all the time. Like, hey, I'm going to, well, why don't you just open up your mind a little bit and look at mm-hmm. everybody who is submitting? And mm-hmm. then also, too, going out there because it's, you know, it, I feel like casting directors, especially for movies, there's a little bit of a hierarchy situation going on as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. There is a mm-hmm. thing called generals, right? General auditions. Yes. Where you just open your door, you do a couple hours, you meet some new talent. That's your that's your damn job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hold, it's your damn job. Hold some job. generals. Hold some generals <laughs> and find the talent. That's what we hire you for is to find us the talent. Anyway, sorry, I'll get and off no, my no, soapbox. but you're completely right. And I wanted to say something more about this. Do you know who Dan Harmon is? He was the creator of Community and Rick and Morty. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. he went through a change several years ago about showrunners. And he was trying to get on Rick and Morty. He basically woke up one day and was like, you know, I'm hearing all this stuff about like, you know, when a showrunner is presented with a show, the agents are like looking at scripts and saying, oh, this looks like it appeals to white males of this age. Then they only present showrunners of white males of this age, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. And so he's like, it's a huge problem. He went out there and tried to break the mold and started to really like develop the show in a way that they open up to so many different writers out there Mm -hmm. who Mm -hmm. are BIPOC and women, you know, just because we all love that fucking show too, but it's always written from a male's, or was written from a male's perspective. And so you actually have to, casting director, go out there and try to change the culture. Because if all you're doing is waiting for somebody else to discover a transgendered actor, then you're not doing your fucking job. And Mm -hmm. so it's the systematic stuff that we've been talking about and systemic (laughs) both words both both have been both (laughs) systemic and systematic um yeah but uh, he's got a whole podcast about it an asian female writer is his partner and they talk about representation in the writer's mm -hmm. room so i'll put that in the show notes i'll find it and put in the show notes great there was another article i wanted to mention that is about facebook you know we talked last week about the stop hate for profit campaign Right. Where all the advertisers have dropped out of Facebook for the month. So we're in yes. this month. We're in this month where all these big <laughs> advertisers have dropped off the platform. And hopefully it's making a, a dent in Facebook's pocket. But it's apparently not really doing much else because there was a phone call. There was a meeting between Facebook and leaders from civil rights groups aiming to reach some kind of agreement and the boycott of the platform, right? Mm-hmm. And apparently it just fell flat. Apparently, according to these civil rights groups, Facebook just gave them talking points and talked in circle. Really, there was nothing came out of it. Right. So Facebook just kind of fell apart there and and didn't really promise any sort of real change, any sort of structural change or anything. Yeah, that sounds about right. (laughs) Yeah, it does sound about right. And now, about white. (laughs) This (laughs) article. This article in Ad Age. It's called Facebook Watchdog Rips the Platform's Inaction Over Misleading Trump 2020 Posts. It's an ad- <laughs> right. adage. You can Google it. <laughs> Basically, the civil liberties advocate hired by Facebook says the company is opening the door to voter suppression. This is a watchdog that Facebook hired 
to make sure they're doing things correctly. And they're saying, no, this is all wrong. So Facebook's own civil rights watchdog tore into the company for its refusal to take down or fact check President 45's inaccurate posts about mail-in voting. This was according to Bloomberg News. Uh Uh-huh. The article goes on to say that ACLU veteran Laura Murphy conducted an audit of the platform's policies and performance, and her report, delivered yesterday, excoriated many of Facebook's recent decisions. Mm. So, uh, yeah, they're going to have to wake up. I hope these advertisers hold out on this ban, and hopefully some change gets made. I hope so, too, because honestly, I mean, from what I talk to everybody, Facebook is groups and a lot of calling people out on their shit right now. So (laughs) advertising is just ridiculous on Facebook. I don't know who's doing it, but I hope it continues. (laughs) Yes. Yes. We've been rambling for a while now, so we could wrap this up into a nice little bow until next week. Mm -hmm. We'd still save a little time in each show to talk about our page on the website, Do the Work. Yes, And on that page, there's a lot of anti-racism resources for you to educate yourself on the issues of racism Mm -hmm. that have long plagued our society and our industry. Yes, Lawrence. And so we said we were going to watch 13th and discuss it. So, wow, very powerful film. Yes, it is. And if you haven't seen it, check it out. It's Ava DuVernay. It's beautifully it shot. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Especially for a documentary. And, it, mm-hmm. you know, it's heavy stuff. It's not Sunday fun day, daytime watching. Mm-mm. It's important. And it's uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. And I think it's, it's really important to understand the mm-hmm. history of policing and mm-hmm. the prison system and yes. what that represents in today's culture. If you can dive in and watch this film, you will get a better understanding of why all the fuss and why the calls to defund the police? If you're confused by it, check out this film and hopefully it will shed a little bit of light on it for you. I would like to mention at this time an interview that I saw with Don Lemon. He interviewed WNBA star Natasha Cloud and she's really giving it to Georgia Senator over her Black Lives Matter objections. Amazing. It was really great. I know. So please, I'll put it in the show yeah, notes. Put it in I the thought show it was notes just and, uh, a nice little, like, you know, sum up of why it's important and why it's important that everybody should be concentrating on Black Lives right now. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And again, the film 13th, the Ava DuVernay documentary, it's on Netflix. Mm -hmm. I know you guys have it. Dig in, watch it. It will help shed a little bit of light onto the systemic nature of the problem of policing and prisons. And I have to be honest, Christian, I I know this has come across my psyche at some point, Mm -hmm. but I really didn't ever wrap my head around the fact that the origins of policing came mm-hmm. from yeah. catching slaves that escaped. Yes. And they called Paddy it wagons. protecting mm-hmm. personal property because the slaves were property of rich white men. And sometimes they would have enough and they would escape. And the police force was invented as slave catchers. Yes. That is how it started. And I really never let that sink in until, re- you know, recently. That's my fault for not really understanding that. And that's the origin of policing guys (laughs) so how could it be fair if that was the origin yeah so that stuff doesn't go away it does not it stains it stains so there's a lot of stuff on the page do the work it's on our website producershappyhour.com 
I want to feature a, a petition every week, and I want to bring Brianna Taylor back into the conversation Please. because right back in she kind of stopped trending for a little while there, and it's important that this does not go away because Brianna Taylor, if you don't know the story, she's a black woman who worked as an emergency room technician in two different hospitals during the pandemic. She won an EMT and Model Citizen Award, but on March 13th, police in Louisville yeah. on a drug raid forged their way into the home of Brianna. She was 26. They had a no-knock warrant, which means they just barged in. That they lied about. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, they did. They absolutely lied about it and got it. It was forged. Mm -hmm. It was forged. There you go. PDFs. In the middle of the night, they busted in without announcing themselves and shot her eight times. That is one thing, though, I do want to mention. There is this thinking... That comes from people who are kind of put off by discussing these types of interactions with the police. That is, well, if they just complied. Or they look into, you know, like George Floyd. Yeah, like, oh, well, wait till the autopsy to see if he was on something. No, no, no. Or or like, you know, (laughs) he was committing a crime. He was in the Mm -hmm. act of committing a crime. But the reality is... Cops can't kill even guilty people. Cops aren't supposed to be killing guilty people. Anyone. Anyone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Use of deadly force is supposed to be the very last option. And we can see by multiple, multiple video evidence that that is not true. Yes. Yes, so let's keep Brianna Taylor in our thoughts. You can find the petition on change.org. There's a couple of them. Sign them both. These things do help. They do help get the message out and they do help create some kind of action and change and then also you know the best news of the day yes uh-huh, uh-huh. blm yep. <laughs> new york city blm fifth avenue right in front of Tower. it is being painted <laughs> as we record this episode it's being painted black lives matter oh, on fifth I'm gonna avenue go see it. right know, oh take photos excited. can you take photos i and will we'll share them i will i will right I'll drive on up there and right in front of <laughs> the towers of number 45 There's a real reason people don't want to say his name, even verbally. Our Mm -hmm. show gets transcribed. That transcription goes onto the internet. The more collection Uh, of his name, the Mm -hmm. more in search engines in the artificial intelligence that Google is creating Mm -hmm. gives more fuel to his notoriety. So that is why I won't say his name on the podcast. All right, and we still have our Take Action page, Christian, that has a a lot of resources for people that might need help. Feed the freelancers. Save the post office. Mm -hmm. And I think the really big one right now, guys, is that we should all be signing something to extend the $600 a week. Yes. Please. I know that everybody needs it. So we're not back to work yet. And it all dries up on July 31st. So let's continue it. Let's continue it. Hey, Christian, this show was edited and co-produced by Rob Blumke. I'm switching it up. (laughs) I'm very uncomfortable with this. Do it. Artwork and logo was designed by Christopher Daniels. Keeping you on your toes. Our music was composed by Kyle Puccia. Thanks for listening. We're back next week. Until then, stay safe, stay connected, stay active, and be safe out there, guys. Yes. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Clean your damn phone because they're dirty. <laughs> Wear a damn mask. Wear a damn mask. Be sure to send your voice recordings or your emails to producershappyhour at gmail.com. Lawrence, how do people get a hold of you directly? Two ways lawrencetlewis.com or for voiceover work, voiceoflawrence.com. Christian, how do people get a hold of you? 
sisterchristianproduces.com. That's an uncomfortable episode. (laughs) Bye, y'all. Bye.